Welcome to The Real 7 Show. As always, this podcast will be completely raw, unfiltered, and uncensored. In this episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down with LV Shane. LV is an up-and-coming country artist that you may know from the hit single, My Boy. This guy is super down-to-earth, super humble, and it was one of my favorite conversations to date. So if this is something you guys want to listen to, then check this out. Here we go. So I was telling somebody this the other day, I I to to think about it, I've been watching artificial intelligence take over mm. the the industrial uh whatever for, since the early 90s. So my mom worked at this factory, uh Vermont American, they made saw blades. And when I was a kid, she worked there for like 12, 15 years. Well, she was a she became a maintenance woman. She was the only maintenance woman that this company ever had. So what happened was they had a bunch of workers that are doing everything, right? Well, then all of a sudden these robots start coming in. Well, now they mm. need less workers. Well, then they move the the factories to countries where there's cheaper labor and they have robots. So now it's like we're losing our jobs, right? So then I'm looking around and it's like all of these people are moving to these smaller towns and these rural areas out of these big cities and stuff that have remote jobs. There's been this mass exodus into these rural areas since COVID, you know? And uh, I'm thinking, okay, so all these people have like, they, they're thinking about people that have like data collection jobs, uh, research. Uh, I don't, I, there's, there's all kinds of stuff. I've never done a job like that. So I don't know how many there are, but I know I talk to a lot of people these days that say they work remotely. Right. Mm-hmm. If AI continues to go in the direction that it's going, how much longer till AI can just do data analysis and data collection and schedule appointments? And I can already talk to a freaking robot on the phone, you know, and pay my bills and set up doctor's appointments and everything. Yep. And then and the robot sends me reminders through text message and shit, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like how much longer till so it started with robots in the 80s and 90s in the in the factories and now the robots are just they're not really like a physical thing anymore mm. there's this intelligence that's gonna end up taking over jobs as well and that's scary man you know because then you got all these people living in these rural areas who maybe didn't grow up in areas like this and don't really have the knowledge to I don't know, like, don't have the knowledge to sur- to survive well in this setting, you know. Right, because right. I'm sure there's there's big cultural differences in like how you take care of yourself and 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 how the community works and everything, you know. And mm-hmm. that really worries me for the for that side of the working class. And, and dude, even beyond the working class, man, like, what is this? What what is this doing for the kids, man? That's that's inevitably the question that I find myself asking more than anything else is like what is this going to look like for our kids i mean people don't need uh you just don't need to be intelligent anymore because your 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 device in your hand and all the, the the things that are around you 
They enable you to just, you know, go through life like a fucking halfwit, and it's not even the fault of your own. They just don't need your mind anymore. There's there's an artificial mind out there that thinks for everybody. You got things like this new chat GPT that scares the fucking shit out of me, where you can type in absolutely anything, and it's going to pool information, and it's like, well, how long until, like, that system ends up in the wrong fucking hands, dude, and now the only information you get is information a lot like the, the, the news. You're only going to get information that is sponsored by whoever whoever is has the most invested interest in the 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 funding of chat gpt right and you dude we walk into grocery stores now and there's there's like three lanes for the cashier the rest is all self-check like now you're cashing yourself out right it it, it's only a matter of time before this goes bad man like we've all seen the movies there's only only more of us coming into the world every day you know what we just surpassed eight billion people in the world recently i think and there's more and more of us. I did, I don't understand why we're why we continue to create ways. Like unless you're the rich dude at the top who doesn't have to pay as many people, but it's like, why would you want the world to be just this poverty mess? I don't get it, man. It's 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 a lot of greed, and that's something I, yeah, I really don't bro. get. I mean, I'm. Sure, I've been greedy in my day. I've been greedy at times in my life, but I, I don't understand that level of greed and and uh, hope that well know that I never will, not for myself anyway. But it's wild, dude. There's there's going to be a lot of people without jobs. And dude, we're only on. You said Chat GPT or, or GTP, whatever the hell it is. Uh, we're only at level four right now, so we're on iPhone four of AI right now. What happens when we get to iPhone 14? Mine's probably busted back there behind me where I threw it earlier when we were <laughs> fucking phones, man. My wife got on my ass. Dude, I'm a I'm I got ADHD bad. I'm like squirrel. But uh my wife got on my ass yesterday because I was on my phone so much and I was just like, I was, you know, I, I like I was like, no, I wouldn't. But really I was like, yeah, I was. Yeah. Yeah. I was on my phone yeah. all day. And it's like I got I got some shit done. I spent some time with my my daughter and stuff, but it's like, man, the, the phone is a it's a problem. It's a problem. And all that yeah, AI man. is so accessible now, you know? Mm-hmm. And but, like not not to get too far into like any sort of conspiracy theory, uh, you know, that's what people call them nowadays if you just think different. Not to get too far in the weeds with it, but you know, when you talk about the phone, man. Everybody thought uh, over the last three years, people were receiving this quote unquote mark of the beast. And I'm like, guys, let's just let's stop thinking about that for a minute and think about what's in your hand that you cannot buy, sell or trade without. That is literally part of you without having to enter the body. Bro, this is the mark of the beast that's in your fucking hand, man. I'm telling you, isn't it in the Bible? It says it would be either on the forehead or the right hand. Yeah. Right. Like I carry my phone in the right hand all the time. Everybody does. It's wild. It's wild. It is wild, man. I mean, yeah. I don't. I'm a religious dude, a spiritual dude, but I guess religious because I believe Jesus Christ is is our savior. But uh, spiritual will probably live under some different uh, designation. But but yeah, there's there's definitely. I, you know, I was talking about this the other day. It's like everybody wants to talk about believing in God and believing in the devil, but then when you start talking about the capability or the possibility that there is real evil at work, the people are like, oh no, that's that's some hocus pocus bullshit. You know, I'm like, well, you believe in God and you believe in good and evil, but you don't believe that the devil could be at work and using intelligence and and all of this, you know, yeah. and then 
as confused as we are, you know, mama always said the, author, the devil is the author of confusion. So, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what it is, man. And I think that, um, <clears throat> I think that with the, you know, injection of the pharmaceutical industry into everybody's lives and how shitty the food is and how shitty the water is, People don't understand, man, like a lot of the things that are going on keep you too dulled down to be able to you know, recognize patterns, right? Like you, you don't understand that the, the medicine you're getting from your quote unquote doctor, bro, they would make no money if you were good all the time. If you were if everybody was healthy, it wouldn't be a fucking industry. It's a sick care system. It's not a healthcare system. So they give you these pills that are now synthetic emotions that completely fuck with everything in your mind. You don't even know how you feel anymore. You just go with what's on the TV. This makes me mad. This got to be bad. This makes me feel good. This got to be good. And then yeah. these people who are behind all of this marketing, they understand color marketing and how to market. To these are marketing geniuses. They can sell you anything. You know why? Because women make up like 70% of the market. So all they need to do is tailor it to them. And the men will just be like, yes, honey, and continue to fund <laughs> This is how it is. They understand the way society works, man. It's not hard. So for the people that think that there's no evil in the world, man, like, look, if you take the word good and take out an O, there's your God. You add the word D to evil, there's devil. So if you're looking at regardless of whatever you put out there, this is within all of us. Every man has a good side and a bad side. And we could keep denying that one exists all you want. But at the end of the day, bro, we all have it within us. So if you can get mad and potentially do some harm to someone for say, breaking into your home, well, that side of you exists and it's right there in front of you. It's just how much are you actually going to allow yourself to be that person? So don't think there's people out there who aren't so fucking greedy that think that they're doing good because they're fucking psychopaths that are obviously trying to, you know, erase humanity, man. Like, and I'm not saying erase as in get all of you off the planet. No, 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 no. I just mean to create basically a a funding service for their greedy wants and needs that's what we are we pay taxes why we weren't supposed to income tax was only supposed to be a thing for i believe the first world war and then get rid of it but it's still here they're still taking all your money from you bro like why do you pay it is your life any better with the money that you're giving or do we just continue to ship it over for bullshit wars that have nothing to fucking do with us in the first place you know yeah. so this is kind of where we're at man i don't like getting like i keep no, calling you know I, I can't disagree with you, man. I'm, you know, I'm, 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 there's probably some really fucked up things going on, you sure. know, with Russia and Ukraine that I'm not privy to. And, you know, that's the big thing right now, right? That's the big war that everybody's paying attention to. But like, I know that there's a lot of bad things going on over here that that money that we're sending over there could also bingo help, help us, you know, you know, it could, it could really help our school systems, you know, and I I used to never be the dude that was like put a metal detector at every door of every school. But now I'm mm -hmm. like, I wouldn't mind using that five hundred billion dollars or whatever it is to to help make our schools safer for our kids. Oh, yeah, it's an idea. Tim Montana fucking hire some vets that are ready. Just put them mm -hmm. at every door at every school. These vets that don't really have a job or that are scraping by who have went over and fought yeah, these man. fucking wars for us, you know, and put them at the doors to protect our kids, you know? Mm -hmm. It's getting a little dark out here. I'm going to turn this light on. Um, But the money needs to be allocated better, man. It's, it's just. This podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Yorko. 
all of us know how important our health is, and Yorco has your health as its top priority. From white pine tincture to give you that daily dose of high-quality vitamin C and boost the immune system, to all-natural healing salves and soaps for day-to-day use. Everything is all-natural, handcrafted, and 100% all-Canadian with zero harmful ingredients. We all know almost all store-bought products and over-the-counter medications are causing a world of problems for us and our families. So keep you and your family safe with all-natural herbal remedies from Yorko. Visit www.realyorko.com and enter the discount code 7SHOW for 10% off your purchase. That's www.realyorko.com and enter the discount code 7SHOW for 10% off of your purchase. Now back to the pod. It is ridiculous. Well, absolutely, man. Like, we look around and we see all this money getting funneled elsewhere. And at the end of the day, man, come on, dude. Like, we all know it's all political bullshit. Go look at a fucking map. Look at the size of Russia. Look at the size of Ukraine. If Russia wanted to sneeze, it would get rid of Ukraine. You know what I mean? Like, let's 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 stop. What, what are we funding? How about we fund the effort to get rid of it or stop it? You know what I mean? Like, dude, how hard is it to say, hey, uh, we all live here. Let's not blow it up. You know what I mean? How about we just do that? Well, it seems that easy, brother. It seems that easy to me as well. Uh, something funny I've seen here while back, I was looking at like where money, tax money went last year, and there was $750,000 that was allocated to research for cocaine and rats. And I was like, bullshit, that's just all the politicians <laughs> partying, dog. <laughs> That's exactly what they meant with the cocaine and the rats. <laughs> yeah, oh, he went yeah there. man. Fuck, dude. Hey, man, it is what it is, dude. Like, we, you know, I, I look around my community here in Canada, man, and, you know, it's, I, I you go downtown Toronto, and, dude, there's homeless people all over the place. There's tons of garbage everywhere. There's, you know, people not in the missing treatments, you know, and like we're just we're in this place, man, where I agree with you 100 percent that, you know, the vets should be the ones that are, you know, protecting our schools. These are the people that have the most invested interest in keeping our country safe. That's what they do. They 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 willingly went overseas to give their life for the country. Who who do you think is going to protect the children better? Right. Nobody. And 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 I think the problem that we've run into right now, and I say this with every ounce of my being, bro. The fact that what you just said about having veterans in our schools to protect our children at this particular time, imagine this, you sound insane to most people by saying something like, I want to protect our children. Yeah, that's that's where we're at. Dude, I'll I'll go as far as to say put an AR in every freaking vet's hand that is willing to take that job. Granted, these people should go through intense like mental qualification, you know, Absolutely. like yep. anyone who's going to be cops, soldiers, security, anybody who's got a gun in their hand should, should have to go through, you know, I went through an eight hour class to get my Same. concealed carry license. All right, cool. I know I'm not going to hurt anybody with my mm-hmm. gun unless I'm protecting myself, my family, or someone who I see is their life is in danger. Right. But even that eight-hour class to me, and we could disagree here too, but that that eight-hour class just doesn't really even seem like enough to me, man. It's like I, mm-hmm. I, I don't see any problem with doing a month of, you know, two days, Friday night and Saturday night or Thursday and Friday night going into a class for three hours a night or, or whatever. Yeah. And learning and actually doing 
four because all I had to do was like get seven bullets in a group this big from seven yards away or some bullshit. And I was like, oh, you can shoot. Yeah, that's fine. But like the the issue is, is that there's there's so much more mental health issues going on right now. And I, I think like growing up like I did and probably like you did, that shit that that we're not you're supposed to just suck it up, Buttercup, and go on about your business, man. But nah, man. Dude, I mean, I, I talk to somebody to this day. Like, I, I talk to somebody once every two weeks, man. There's there's shit that I deal with. And I, we got to get past the point. Um, We got to get past this point of, like, it's taboo to, like, talk, especially as men, dude. Like, you dude. know, and they're trying to, they're trying to, you know, feminize us every day more and more. But it's like men need to to know that it's okay to, you know, talk about yeah man or shit that affected them when they was kids you know you never know what what somebody went through but like dude i i it's risky to say these things but but even though like those people imagine if the people who've done these these heinous things these awful things like the the school shootings the the shootings in public mass shootings but imagine if like somebody if they just maybe if some if they just felt like they could talk to somebody about the things that was affecting them or if somebody was just cared yeah. enough to be like yo like imagine how many of those scenarios might not have happened man and it's like i i'm sure i work with a lot of people that that would strongly disagree with me here but we got to quit blaming inanimate objects for for things that are happening in these situations man we mm-hmm. need to get to the root of the problem and that's another place where that money could be spent man is to help yeah you know absolutely man like you could take and and i don't even know how this would be an an arguable subject really this one i think is another division tactic but it's very simple i could go upstairs grab all 12 guns put them on my table fully loaded nothing's gonna happen it ain't gonna pull the trigger itself nothing right like okay there's a one in a kajillion fucking like you have a better chance of getting hit by a fucking asteroid than you do of one of these guns going off accidentally on its own right so let's stop acting like it's not you know it's not the person holding the gun like gun control is not the issue like guy you have assault outlawed murders outlawed stabbings are outlawed shootings are outlawed hitting someone with your car is outlawed gangs are outlawed they all still happen yeah. You can try to outlaw things as much as you want, man. But at the end of the day, like you're saying, it needs to be that we invest in our people. That's yeah. where this this like y- your your opinion it differs from both sides. Like because, you know, conservatives will say the one thing, liberals will say the other, and then they're just fighting each other. And then there's us people who are just standing back like, can't we just talk there's about it? Some like, kind of comp- there's got to be some kind of middle ground here, guys. Like shit. But, you know, yeah, if we. We should be able to like, I'm a, I'm a Second Amendment guy, right? But but also like they made that shit when there was twenty five thousand people in the United States, right? right. So it's like there's three hundred thirty million of us now, man, yeah. and and shit's crazy. So it's like there's, I, I don't, I I still want to, and what a lot of people don't understand is, dude, you could, it says AR assault style rifle, but dude, me and you probably know of, I could line up seven guns right beside an ar-15 that shoot just as fast but it looks like grandpa's gun you know yeah yeah dude we have that we have that issue here in canada bro we have these idiots it absolute morons 
that are these so-called, you know, politicians who are, uh, you know, supporting this this giant gun ban. Because, like, here we're not allowed to have handguns anymore. Like, if you have one now, that's fine. You can use it at the range or whatever. But nobody is allowed to purchase handguns anymore. They're straight up banned. Uh, they just ran a major assault on on all of our centerfire uh, semi-autos. Um, and, and they had to walk that back a bit. But you have these people talking about a 22 that just has a kid on it to make it look like, you know, a, whatever an assault style weapon is. And they're calling them yeah, like weapons of war. Right. Like, dude, stuff. it's a 22. Like you can damn near stand a hundred yards and catch it with your hand. Like the projectile, <laughs> like, dude, you know what I mean? Like, w- and yeah. these people are like, Oh, assault style. And then she started talking about bullets in shotguns. I'm like, you're the professional. You are not allowed to slip up. Okay. When you're talking, there is no such thing as a bullet that goes into a shotgun. Like you're an idiot. Let's just stop acting like you're the moral authority here. Guns are fine. We're hunters here in Canada. Canada, bro, we don't have things like you guys do. There is no concealed carry. I I don't know. I don't know if it's like as much of an issue of of being an idiot as it is just being ignorant, man. Like these people, and and look, I'm I'm trying to play devil's advocate here a little bit, but sure, sure. They're just they're ignorant by definition. They are unknowing of like I'm not if you're if you're one of those people that feels like I'm calling you ignorant right now. I'm just, I'm just saying that you don't know. Like you haven't been around them your whole life. You don't know the difference, right? So mm-hmm. to me, I grew up when when I was 10 years old, nine, 10 years old, man. I walked around with my savage bolt action 22 around the woods by myself all day, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I would, you know. I definitely tried to shoot it some deer out of season, you know, but you know, it's just, it happens. sometimes. (laughs) But, but, uh, but no, man, I walked around. So I've been around these guns my whole life. And then when I was like 12 or 13, I started taking my, my 20 gauge shotgun out with me by myself and just walk the woods, man. And, but I grew up with it. So you gotta, there's so many kids these days, you know, kids these days, people, you know, 30 and younger who, who kind of grew up in a different, a different way than we did. And they, it's amazing that the gap in like knowledge and guns and just working on vehicles and stuff that starts four years before us, man, like 30 mm-hmm. and down seems like a lot of people just didn't really get this kind of knowledge from, and maybe you attribute to that to like the a rise in like broken families and stuff and, and fathers not being around or whatever, but, to me, it's like I know what these things are capable of, and I can I know that I look at this gun that's a AR-15, and I look at this gun that's a semi-automatic 30-06, but has a wooden stock, and I'm like, you know, <laughs> they're they're all the same thing. This this holds more rounds, so okay, whatever. If you're gonna if you're gonna limit the amount of rounds that I can carry, that's something I can live with, I guess. You know, I think I. I think it's stupid. I don't think you should. I think there should just be more strenuous testing done in people who are going to buy guns to make sure that you're not fucking crazy, you know, or you're not suffering. And then, you know, two, if you do have guns, like maybe there's something that happens where if you're going through a hard time and you're going to see a therapist, something happens where like you're not able to buy any more guns (laughs) for a little while until you check out again, you know, like, right. Yeah. I I don't know, man. It's it's such a big issue now. It's like, how how do you fix it? I know this. If you take all the guns away, people still gonna kill people. They they might not be able to kill as many <laughs> as fast, but 
there, you know, my DB, my buddy that was out here earlier, he watched some dude get stabbed in London last year. You know, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, 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 away from him. You know, and that's evidently a huge problem in London because they have cops standing out on the fucking sidewalks with metal yeah, detectors. You know, so it's like people are going <laughs> to figure out a way to do the evil shit no matter what. Oh, for sure, man. And and what I'm speaking of is, you know, these politicians that are trying to, you know, take these these guns away and the 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 privilege, because a lot of people like to say it's a right. And for me, I'm kind of I'm on the fence about that one, like your privilege to be able to, you know, use these things. And I know it's 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 controversial because people is like, no, it's my right and blah, blah. Like, I get it. Cool. You stand there. I stand here. We can agree um, and agree to disagree. But. The point is, you know, these politicians who are trying to do this should should really know their shit and stop. you. Uh, like the reason that they're so ignorant is just because they're following an agenda. They're not actually acting in, you know, with the the like, you know, the, the, for the greater good. They're, they're not doing that at all. They're just, you know, following their orders. And I also want to uh, I want to ask you about this. So uh, you said, like, if they were telling you that, you know, you could hold less rounds, that you'd be able to live with that. Now, wh wh what would you say for those people who are. Um, you know, because a lot of people say like, no, like that's just the beginning of of them taking more. Like first they take an inch, and then they take you know two inches. Next thing you know, they've taken a mile, and and then the right is gone entirely. So how how do you kind of balance, you know, that opinion of where you could live with it, but you know they're also kind of making a move on your rights at the same time. Man, I mean, I think obviously they're making a move on your rights if they're even limited in that. It's just I'm trying to I, I guess I'm just trying to like have a little bit of faith in, in sure. humanity and faith in the system that they're not going to take the two inches and eventually get to the mile, even though inevitably that's probably what will happen. You know, um, I don't know, man. It's difficult. It's It's really difficult. Nothing really hit me until nothing really hit me as hard. You know, until the the Nashville deal, and I, it probably you know just because it was closer to home, right? Like I was sure. twenty miles from Uvalde when that happened. I was at a friend's house in Texas, and we, I was you know I was like, you know, this is terrible, it's awful, and we talked about it for about fifteen minutes, and then you know we kind of went on about our day, but then you know, and I feel bad for that, but like the Nashville thing was just really close to home, and. So I guess it, it kind of put things into perspective for me. It's like, you know, okay, well, it's like it's like last resort, right? If if they ain't going to put the $500 billion into helping us be more mentally stable and, and put money into things that's going to help with mental health and and just then maybe, okay, maybe we do need to restrict some things. But I think – I know – you know, fuck that. I think what they really need to do is just be more strenuous with with testing and stuff for yeah, people that buy guns, man. Yeah, and, and, yeah. You know, I'm just thinking as I'm talking, but I I think yeah, that's the answer, man. <clears throat> like it, you should you should go to classes for a while, like a mm -hmm. month of two nights a week or three months of one night a week or something. Yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. actually go through training courses and not just shoot at a target that's seven yards in front of you. Like have a course set up, you know. Have pop-up targets to where you know that this person – and you should be strict as, as fuck with it, right? Like you yeah. should – if this target pops up and it's white and you're not supposed to shoot at a white target, then if you shoot that target, you fell. 
You yeah, know? right on the spot, and on you, the spot. You have to go back a certain amount in your training and, and restart somewhere, like maybe not the very beginning, like basics or whatever, if you pass that. But there should be levels of the course to where you have to learn how to to act in a situation where there could be an active shooter in public where you're not right. injuring some innocent bystander or something, you know? I, I couldn't imagine what the stress is like, you know, being in a yeah. situation like that, being being a cop or being a a civilian and and they're being pedestrians around and and you're you know trying to make sure and then i think about sometimes what if i'm the good guy that's just you know chilling with my hood up in the freaking and somebody comes and there's a shoot there's a shooter and i pull my weapon you know mm-hmm. to shoot well what if there's a cop and he's shooting you know and then i'm I'm a target because, or a cop or another civilian who's trying to do the right thing. But then I'm a target because I'm just a civilian with a gun now, you know? Right. So I think about that sometimes it's like, it's just, it's a fucked up situation, man. I don't know. I don't know the fix. I wish I did. I, I know there's a lot of people out there like me that wish they did. I, I know that, I, you know, I wish I want, I want to be able to have my guns, and I feel like, dude, if they were selling, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day, it's like if they were selling nuclear weapons at the freaking IGA, I'd go get one because I want whatever the government's got to <laughs> me, you know? But <clears throat> because that was the whole reason it was, the, you know, in America, that was the whole reason the, the Second Amendment was even made was so we yep. could have, you know, against tyranny, you know? Mm-hmm. But now it's just I don't know, man. It's it's a sad situation. It's messed up. Um, I, I think you're I- on the the right track, though, bro. Like with with what you were saying, you're definitely on the right track. Like it needs to be a very very focused um, experience and and much more rigorous testing. Because even here in Canada, man, like it's one of these things where I don't know if you guys have this in the states. I'm not familiar with it, but in Canada, if you divorce your partner then you you legally have to call the RCMP and you can't have guns until you mentally checked out. Like, because that's such a hard situation for people to get over. And that's why when I hear our government, like, oh, you know, guns, 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 guns. I'm like, dude, you're talking about the illegal fucking gun owners. Us law-abiding citizens here in Canada, man, like we we basically have the scraps of of having our weapons. So for us, it's it's very serious, man. Like, I take everything very seriously. Like, dude, there's times where, you know, you get into a heated argument and the only reason I won't put hands on someone is because I don't want my guns gone. You know what I mean? So it's like we're in that place now. And I kind of in a weird fucking way, dude, and I know a lot of people agree with this, especially with a lot of, uh, you know, of my takes. They kind of get mad at me for saying this. And it's dude, I kind of like the fact that we're as strict as we are, man, because I probably wouldn't think this way if I didn't have children or once you fire a gun everybody can have a fucking opinion from a removed perspective but it's like my wife right uh this is the second time i've told the story so sorry honey um (laughs) we went to go do our gun test and uh, usually we used to hunt with the crossbow so naturally you know what i mean it's kind of like it's it's a crossbow right like don't put your fucking finger anywhere near where that you know rope is gone or, or you're not gonna have a finger it's gonna take it right off but for the most part pretty fucking safe you get one shot you know so she would always be like, you know, finger just kind of hovering around the trigger, a little too relaxed, you know? So we're doing our gun course, same thing. It's like we're picking up these empty guns and her hand immediately goes to the trigger. And luckily she kind of, you know, remembered enough to get her license to not put her hand there. But the moment we went to a range and she shot a 12 gauge, bro, her finger is never near the trigger anymore. 
first time <laughs> she first time she shot it and felt that shit, she looks over and just goes, "Holy shit!" And I'm like, "Yes, like what that is capable of." is unreal mess scares the shit out of me like dude you ever shoot a deer that fucker just goes down there is no ifs ands or buts it hits that deer drops that's it like so it's i think we you're on the right track man and i have this conversation a lot and i'm in the same boat as you man like it's like i don't want them to take anything from people but i also don't know what the solution is with with us you know stopping this and at the end of the day it always comes back to mental health man like everybody that's doing this you look into their past and they're they're fucked up right like how did we not so if lv shane right now goes on and says something stupid on instagram they're gonna flag you block your shit for a while but you're telling me that these these active shooters are, are threatening certain schools at certain dates on facebook and we can't put an end to this like with cyber security on dude i just got my instagram banned for putting up a post with a fucking spider-man cartoon in my story and all of, all that it says behind him on the big board is the people that are 30 trillion in debt are the ones giving you a credit score banned i got a 90 day ban on my main account because it's uh, false false information and i'm like guy with all the problems in the world you're worried about fucking cartoon spider-man like it's a little extreme but this is where we're at right like we're, we're focused on political ideologies and where people stand on the political spectrum and wrong think more than we are like hey man that's our some 23 year old freaking i don't know entitled ass Yes. kid on on there that's doing the banning you know or some ai that doesn't understand you know a good sense of humor you yeah know? I, yeah 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 it's banning. hey hang on two seconds I, I so this this will prove to uh to Peta that uh that i'm a good dude i'll be right back <laughs> This little guy's making a lot of noise. So I was driving down the road a while ago, and uh, he was trying to cross the road. So I picked him up and put him in the back of my truck so he didn't get ran over. But he's over there clawing the inside of my truck to death and making a lot of noise. So <laughs> we're going to set a little dude free here in the yard. There you go, Peter. There you Peter, have it. We're eating tasty animals, right? <laughs> Oh, man, that's that's fucking beautiful man no one's ever done that in a pod and i'm pretty sure that's gonna be the one and only time <laughs> that's that's <laughs> hey, that, that that turtle's name was forgotten man just to let you guys know <laughs> so let's uh let's get into your music a little bit man like how uh what is it that that drove you to music to begin with uh steve earl probably um well a mix so my mom and dad i i would definitely be the answer. My mom, because she says I was born on a Sunday and the following Sunday, she had me held tightly beside a hymnal in church, you know? So I grew up singing hymns in church with my mom. And then we get home from church and there'd be like beer cans laying all over the driveway and a skunky smell floating around the holler. And that was my dad outside working on some old car truck or like semi truck or something. He was a truck driver. He still is to this day, but He'd be listening to Steve Earle, John Fogarty, Leonard Skinner, Otis Redding, The Temptations. He had such a – I put all the white guys and the black guys together. I, I didn't aim to do that. But uh, <laughs> he, had such a, he had a wide array of uh, of of taste in music, you know. And 
so he really taught me to like love uh love music for for the lyric and like the way it makes you feel and my mom really gave me a love for singing and uh you know i i said that you know that i separated the the white guys from the black guys there but uh but too like that that was that's really cool like looking at my dad and where he comes from in the south and what time he comes from because he had such a respect for like for soul music and Mm r&b and and southern rock and country but he's just this you know hardcore redneck dude from the south you know and so it was really cool that like music covered ever covered up any differences or anything to to my dad you know and so I got my love for singing from mom and I got my love for lyrics and and, and music from my dad and and uh you know I would I'd ride around with him I would I would drive by the time I could reach the pedals and see over the steering wheel dude I would drive my dad around like <laughs> drank beer and we would listen to uh Guitar Town the 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 debut record uh Steve Earle's debut record and that record just really to this day really still speaks to me man and it was such a voice for like when I heard those songs, I seen my dad and his buddies, you know, his drinking buddies and, yeah. you know, hard, hard nose, blue collar ass, you know, insulation hangers and carpenters and body men, you know, body and paint guys. And, and my dad, who was a truck driver and like they, all they like to do is just live their lives, work their jobs during the week, drink some beer, smoke some weed on the weekends, you know, and, Mm-hmm. like that that music just really resonated with me and then the the gospel really resonated with me because it made me feel something so much different than that music did right like it made me it it, it evoked a, a like that music just made me proud to be who i was and where i come from like mm-hmm. i could look around and i could see that we were you know maybe on the lower side of the middle class but those songs made me feel like man there's so much imagery and story in this life that i live right right and those those hymns made me feel like man there's somebody up there who gives a shit mm-hmm. about us people like this too you know and so it was a really cool blend and uh and i carried it with me my whole life you know i i was i was writing songs i remember just being a little kid walking through the hayfields on my road like back in the day man i would just go like traipse around everybody's property like it was no big deal and it wasn't a big deal like nobody cared like, it'd just be like oh there's that peyton boy walking through my cow field you know it was not a big deal you know and that's my last name peyton and my name is lb shane peyton so um just so everybody knows i don't go by no damn alias or nothing it's me i'm lb shane <laughs> uh <laughs> but i remember just like seven eight years old walking around trying to write songs and then like being in my first band i I sang in church my whole life uh whether with the congregation or singing songs by myself Mm -hmm. um and then my my first like high school band that i was with pretty much all through high school it was weird because then my band was based out of the county right next to us so in in my county, I was like, I was this annoying ass Shane the Pain, right? I was just like this <laughs> loud, obnoxious ass kid that, you know, whatever. But like the one county over, I was the lead singer of of co-conspirator, uh, you know, a young man's fall or whatever. And like I had a lot, I had a lot of homies over there. So I stayed over there as much as I could. 
but yeah, man, I just try to carry that with me. And I think like looking back, it's been so cool that like all my musical journeys, the high school band, my, my three years I spent with my, with my two best dudes, uh, Chad, we call him Brillo. He's got crazy curly hair. My mom gave him that nickname and, uh, and then sister, you know, me and those two guys, we, we had a group we called 88 and, uh, yeah, but looking back on all of that, it was always just like a very honest approach at writing songs about where my life was then. And and I feel like if I if I carry any pride about anything is that I've that has always been a a compass for me. It's like where I'm at in life, I want to be honest about that and represent that in my music and do like when we moved here, I'd been living in Nashville and it was cool for a little while. Like it was, it was different, but we moved to Nashville. I had this downtown condo. I just got my publisher deal. I was making a little money for the first time in my life. We had a downtown condo with a view of the city and it was dope. But one day my, my wife and I were talking about maybe moving back and she knew what was important to me with like writing songs. But she was like, how do you expect to keep being a, you know, writing songs and being a voice for the people that you want to be a voice for if we're living in a downtown condo in Nashville, Tennessee? Mm. I was like, check, you know, I heard that. And about a year later, we ended up moving back up here to her hometown, which is in eastern Kentucky. And I, I just, man, I just love this town, man. I, I love where I come from. <clears throat> but, uh. I get a lot of inspiration from the people I know here and mm. I got a lot of people that believe in me and, you know, here and, and back home, but I don't know. I don't even know what, I can't remember what you asked. Cause I just went off on this tan tangential rant, but, uh, but I mean, I think it was something about just where my, where I fell in love with music, but yeah, man, where I did fall in love with music. I, I, you know, I, I keep that with me and I think that you can hear it in, and hopefully every song, but if not every record, you'll be able to, you'll hear where I came from and where, you know, where I still am in a lot of ways. So, so do you feel that, uh, you know, music nowadays, and I have my own opinion on this, but I want yours is how do you feel about the, the, you know, the, the state of music these days? Do you think we've veered off the path of people being inspired by, you know, how their how their life is? Or, you know, do you feel like it's become a little too mainstream kind of, you know, what the people want to hear, like algorithm pleasing music rather than from, you know, the heart? Do you feel that there's a, you know, where do you think we're at right now in, in music, in country? I think it depends on where you're listening, man. Like, uh, where where are you looking for music? You know, if you if you keep the radio on all the time and that's where you get music and that's what you like to listen to, so be it. That's cool. But you're going to hear a lot of similarity, you know. But yeah. there are people, there are people, dude, in the in the mainstream, like mainstream country world that are breaking through with some really cool shit, man. Like, uh, my my dude Jackson Dean. He's a he's a young cat. I've known him since he was 17 years old, you know, bright eyed and bushy tail. But he's got a really different sound right now and it's working. And I think that's dope, you know? Um but then you got like the the Zach Bryan anomaly where this dude just and, and honestly I think Yellowstone changed country music. Like I think for the better because you're starting to see a lot more uh, authentic type of artists. Right, right. Gains and what's really what's really cool, man, is you're starting to see this this influx in Americana acts 
that are popping up where they're doing these. We just played one recently, a festival in Texas called Two Step In, where there was like mainstream country artists right now, 90s country artists, and like eclectic Americana country artists. Mm. And I mean, dude, honestly, I just, when you say Americana, I hear good country music. You know, it's, it's like there's a lot of really great artists in the Americana space. <clears throat> but these this festival was headlined. First night was Zach Bryan. Second night was Tyler Childers. But there was a lot of variety there. You know, it's like <clears throat> Paul Cawthon, Uncle Cracker, Tyler Childers. You know, we were out there. It's There's just a lot of different stuff. Haley Witters, you know. So I guess, like, I think we're in a good place, you know. Yeah. I think, especially in country music, you can pretty much get whatever you want out of it right now. Mm -hmm. The whole idea behind my record that I'm working on right now is called Damascus. Uh, Damascus, like the road to Damascus with uh, with the Apostle Paul, Saul turning into Paul being enlightened when he when he seen God. When I did my first record, somehow I turned around and made this about me, dog. But, uh, you know, that's, I guess that's just an artist thing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, no, no, it's all good. It's all good. Love it, man. No, but but uh, when when I when I put my first record out, I was like, "What the hell am I gonna do?" Mm. But it speaks to the point of where we're at in country music. Like, I was like, "Where am I? What am I gonna do?" And I was like, "I feel I'm on this road." I was having a conversation with a with another co writer, and I was like, "I feel like I'm on this road to enlightenment, and trying to figure out what to do next." But then I was thinking, like, Damascus is also a type of steel, and I was just talking to a, a blacksmith yesterday on my story doing a live. Yeah, yeah. Riley Kirkpatrick uh, at Kirkpatrick Forge. Uh, but Damascus, where you take all these different steels and you forge them together and you make this really beautiful Damascus steel that's a really strong steel as well. And so where I'm at, like I'm looking at country music and how there's so many different genres that are embedded into country mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. I think it's lyrical content that makes it country, right? So it's like, Maybe. I don't know. But where I'm at is like trying to pull from all of those influences and like, dude, as soon as you try to put me in a box, I'm all, I'm going to rebel. And I felt like I, I don't really feel like any one particular person was trying to put me in a box. I just feel like I was kind of getting into a box because of my boy and what happened. Sure. Sure. So it was my natural tendency to just be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try to break the mold more. And so now I'm pulling from hip hop influences. I'm pulling from Southern rock influences, 90s country gospel. And I'm putting it all on this record called Damascus. And the only compass that I'm using is the same one that I said earlier. It's just like honesty about who I am and where I come from. And it's like, I think right now as a country artist, country artist, you can do whatever the hell you want to do. As yeah. long as you're all authentic about it, because it seems to me that authenticity is winning over everything right now. Mm -hmm. And that's easy for me, dog, because if if there's anything I want to do, I want to lay my head down at night and just be like, I was me today. Mm -hmm. I got enough I got enough shit I'm gonna beat myself up about when I go to bed at night. But the one thing I don't want to beat myself up about is like, was I me today? You know? Right. And so I think I think we're in a good place. I think you the door is open. If you are honest with yourself about who you are and what your talents are and you lean into those two things, mm -hmm. then you got a chance to to win some people over in, in country music, you know?
Yeah, I hear but, you, man. And 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 when it comes to just authenticity as a whole, man, you know, I get a lot of uh there's not a whole lot of, you know, Canadian influencers, if you will. And uh, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to kind of hold the voice that I hold. And I get this a lot from all the people that are just looking for a following or, you know, just looking to monetize. And it's like, dude, the first things first, if you're not just fucking being you, man, like you don't need to be someone because eventually you're going to run out of roles for that character you know what I mean? And and you're, you're no longer going to have anything left. You're just going to be this actor that's waiting on roles that you've already fulfilled all of. If you're just being yourself, you'd be so fucking surprised at how many people just want to see you, man. You don't need to look a certain way. You don't need to get your best shot from the left. Like, dude, just fucking be you, man. And I think that authenticity... Here. Yeah, and that's it, right? But a lot of people think that there needs to be this character or this. And the reason I asked you that was because I see it in in all genres of music where you see these people come and go simply because they just they come in, they do what's popular, they do what's popular right now, they collect their paycheck, and then they bounce. And that's kind of what we see a lot of the time, man. But I'll tell you, when it comes to authenticity, when I heard my boy the first time, that uh, that that's one of those songs that really... Like, I don't have a, a stepson, right? Like, I, I have my my biological son. But I'm somebody who's also lost a child. Like, I had my son pass away, uh, our first son pass away in our arms after they pulled the tubes out. So I know what it feels like to, to lose, you know what I mean? But yeah. the reason I'm saying that is it feels like it, it, when a song is super authentic like that, you know what I mean? You can, even though it doesn't have to do directly with the situation, it's authentic to a point that kind of you could tie the feeling of kind of like how you felt in that moment to like what you're listening to now. And that's where authenticity is so fucking important, man. When somebody is just singing about something that they truly believe in, like I hate for people to say it or I, I hate to say it to people rather. And that's like if somebody's cooking, but they don't love cooking, your foods and taste like shit. Right. But for those yeah, people that. Right. But whenever you go to, you know, grandma's house or mom's house and she's making her famous dish, you know, that thing you ate when you were a kid, you know, that she knows that you love it so much that she's loving making it. And then when you eat it, it's, it's fucking amazing. You can taste what went in to that food. And that's why I love culture so much, because, dude, well, like experiencing different cultures and how much they love certain things, man, you could get a really good, you know what I mean, experience through that. So I've wanted to ask since I first heard the song. What was the inspiration for my boy? Because it has a bit of a different sound than what I'm hearing now. Like it, it, it sounds completely different. Now is a little more like I, I love it. And it's not that I didn't love my boy. It's right now. It's you're, you're hitting this like this blue collar ass. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm vibing a lot with the music now. But what was that inspiration behind my boy? Well, uh, man, first I want to I want to touch on real quick uh, you, to what you were just saying. I think with the authenticity, I just want to say this before I forget. I've said this on stage a few times. It's like, dude, none of us are that special, bro. Like me, you, no, none, nobody's really all that special. If you're just honest about who you are and, and where you come from and tell your story, yep. somebody's going to relate. Because as special as you might think you are, you just ain't. There's, yep. there's people yep. out there that, are, that have gone through the same things, man, whether it's it's hardships with – with your childhood or your job or your marriage, there's other people going through the same shit, man. So just mm -hmm. tell the truth. So those people out there know that there's somebody else who's going through the shit. 
you know? Yeah. Um, I got a song that we're going to be putting on this record called Pill, and it's about my struggles when I was in my early 20s with, with drugs and stuff, you know? Mm. So it's like, and to me, it's like if you could touch one person, one person with a song, then I'm a win. And like, you know, I know to the, to the masses and to the industry, you need to touch thousands, you know, if not millions with it to, for it to, to be, uh, you know, worth the time and money. But to me, it's like, if I'm, if I put this song pill on, on a record and one day it's on a, on streaming and you're listening to a random playlist and it comes on and you're struggling with drugs and you hear the porch lights on, the doors unlocked. You could go on home for it gets too dark. Where mama's been worried, plump sick about you, and daddy don't know how to live without you. You turn mm. your ass and go back home and straighten your act up. Because I know the power of one song. Because when I was in that, my dad sent me Homeboy, you know, and I listened to that. And I was, I was living a real shitty life in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And I took my ass home and I worked at a mill all summer and straightened up and. You know, I went back, I ended up getting back into the game a little bit for a couple months, but then I met my wife, you know, and mm. so it was, uh, it was, uh, that song though, that, that really changed my life. But to, to answer your question, I've got a 16 year old boy now. Um, when I met my wife, he was five years old and, you know, her biological son and his, his father, you know, and dude, I've, I've got to a point now where it's like, I don't know what it's like to be that dude, you know, and be 20 years old and accidentally have a child, you know, and, and have such, you know, as men, we have an easy way out, man. You know, yeah, yeah. it's like, it's the one that has to carry this child for nine months and have this child. And then you're, and then to walk away from that, you're looking at walking away from something that you created inside of your body, man, by the grace of God. And it's like, there's such a there's such a burden there. And, you know, so I I I'm not trying to throw any shade on him or anybody who's ever been in that situation. But for me, I just seen a kid that, you know, had that had a, you know, good grandparents and, and a and a good mom, but there was a there was a father figure uh of some sorts lacking. Like I would never take away from my my father-in-law, the father figure that he was for my son and still is to this day, you know, but what he was before I came around, the dude's a, he's a champ, but <clears throat> so I met this little boy and I told you, I kind of, I came back after my, my meal working at, at the mill during the summer rehab program, you know, shoveling corn and, and chicken shit. And, uh, I kind of got back in the game a little bit, but then I met this girl and, she told me she had a five-year-old little boy. And I was like, man, I, I've never had a girl like this with this aura that this woman has. I've never had a woman like this, like show attention toward me in this way. So like, I'm not sure if she likes me, but I think she does. So I went home and I straightened my act up, man, that night. Like I quit smoking weed. I quit everything for, for a long time. And, you know, I've had my little bouts with with stuff since we've been married here and there, but for the most part, you know, I've I've been a lot stronger in, in that fight uh, when I'm when I'm trying to fight it, you know. <laughs> uh, but it's because of her and that little boy, and so this, you know. But also, I was really struggling with my relationship with my son, and I just want him. I just wanted him to know, like, 
as bad as I may be at the job, like I want to be your dad. And I, I, I consider myself a dad to you and I consider you my son. And this idea just popped up one night, hanging out with a few friends on the back porch. We wasn't even going to write a song. Uh, I don't believe we were just hanging out, drinking some cores, you know, and, and this idea popped up and somebody was like, you know, he ain't got my smile. That don't bother me a bit. And then somebody said, you know, he's got somebody else's eyes. I'm seeing myself in. And to me, it was like the inspiration was to write a song from a, from a perspective of hope that one day when my boy was old enough to really understand the lyric, he can know what my intentions were coming into his life. Mm. And for the longest time, man, I fought putting that song out because all this other stuff is very much what I want my music to sound like. And, and where I come from with guitar town and John Fogarty records and stuff. But, Man, one day I've I've established here that I'm a believer, um, and and if you're not, you know, you or anybody else watching, if you're not, I I hope you change your mind one day because I I've seen the grace of God so many times in my life and it's amazing. But I uh I was walking. We had decided we were going to try to pitch my boy to Luke Bryan, and uh, I don't even know if Luke ever even heard it before, if he's even heard it today, but. I'm walking to my door of the house we were renting in Nashville at the time. And it was like, I just got a phone with somebody. I was like, yeah, pitch it to Luke because he's raising his brother's kids. And I was like, if somebody's going to sing this song other than me, I want them to be able to relate to this song. Mm, gotcha. So I'm walking to my door and I, my hand hits the door, man. I remember like it was yesterday. It was, it was like, God was like, so I'm going to give you this song that you've seen touch so many people, you know, and you're just going to give it away to somebody else. Mm. And I was like, now I didn't hear no voice, right? Like I ain't hearing voices or nothing, but no, I, I, think, get you. I get you. I think, you know, God just communicates with us in his own way. But I was like, I was like, no, man, I ain't, I ain't going to do that. I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry. I even considered it. And man, it wasn't very much longer. I mean, probably within a couple months, I got, I started getting record label meetings, you know, and, and, uh, and then Broken Bow, you know, BMG, before they were Broken Bow, I met with those guys and they were, they were just so good to me. And, you know, we ended up signing with them, but, and John Loba over at the, at the record label who signed me, man, he's the head of the label over there. And, and he was just adamant that this song was the first song we put out. And he knew what the other stuff sounded like and where I, who I am as an artist on the other side, but, mm-hmm. I think where me and him agreed was just like, you know what? Screw it. We'll figure it out. If I get pigeonholed, I'll just continue to go out there and be me. And I'll continue to play this song because this song is just as much me as the rest of it is. And, uh, and we'll just, I'll work it out, you know? And if nothing else, if nothing else, man, I'll go the rest of my life. And I had a song that reached millions of ears that was honest and meant something. You know, and and if 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 I die like that, then cool. Now I'm good with that, man. It's all good. You know, I, I'm we're paying the bills, and and I I've I've been honest in my approach to my to my music. So, fuck it. Yeah, man. I honestly like. 
what uh what initially would have told you to give the song to someone else and, and mind you this is this is somebody coming from the outside who bro like i couldn't imagine somebody else play like like singing that record it just it wouldn't it just doesn't sit right you know when there's there's certain songs that like i don't give a fuck who's doing the cover <laughs> you know what i mean like it's just never gonna sound the same and quite honestly man when you uh popped up on my radar you know a couple months ago i had no idea that you were because usually when i'm scrolling through spotify you had like the the, the fancy haircut and the, and, the <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then i'm seeing this bearded dude fixing fucking big rigs out in his yard and shit <laughs> i had no idea and then when i was actually i listened to the song it came up as i was driving and i'm like hold up that sounds an awful lot like the voice of this fucking crazy dude that i just saw on the internet right <laughs> And then it was like, put two and two together, man. And it's like, no one else is going to fucking do that song. It's like when you're talking about like Tennessee whiskey, like you could be whoever the fuck you want. You're not doing Tennessee whiskey like Stapleton does Tennessee whiskey. Like, I'm sorry, you come close, but you never touch it. Right. So that's the same thing. But why in the beginning would you even think of putting something else out there? Were you looking to be more of like a writer? Is that is that kind of what it was? Yeah, I mean, I I always wanted to be a singer, and I was playing shows and everything, but there just wasn't anything happening for me in like the in the world of of uh, record deals, and I didn't really know what to do as far as like going out. I'd been out busting my ass playing shows for a few years, and it just wasn't popping off. So I'm not really smart in that area, and you know that's why nowadays I got a booking agent who's supposed to handle that, right? Like they're mm. supposed to be smart in that world, but. I think it was just because I wanted the song to be heard and I was just a writer, you know? And so then it was like, but I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to be a singer. And it was, I, I think I just had a, a weak moment where I, I kind of lost faith, faith in myself and faith in, in God and was like, you know, I just, I was hell with it. We'll just give it to some superstar if they'll take it. And and then I'll just make some money off of it, and that'll be great. And dude, you know, like thank God I didn't do that because right. that money disappears just as fast as it gets in your pocket. Yeah. But uh, yeah. but no, man. Uh, and and dude, just just be, you said the fancy haircut. I gotta say, I'm guilty as shit on the uh, the actor thing we were talking about earlier. Like, not in the sense of like how I write my music or who I am on stage or anything, but I've done the hats, the, the haircuts, the, the freaking, the skinny jeans, the skinny jeans was the dumbest shit. I, you got skinny jeans on right now? Sweatpants, buddy. I never leave them. That's not. That's the dumbest shit that ever happened. I don't know how in the hell I thought I looked good in those bastards for so long, but I, dude, I see pictures of myself these days from from back when I was wearing skinny jeans, and I'm just like, you dumbass, what? I'm a, I don't know. I guess I'm a fashion whore, man. I'm just a. Tra- <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what it is, though, man. Like, there's a end of the day, dude. <clears throat> you you can you can kind of you know say you're guilty of it and whatever, but th- there's a formula. 
You know, there's a formula to 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 everything in order to kind of get it in the eye. There's a reason that all these social media platforms have an algorithm. And, you know, there's a reason that there's people that do these booking agent jobs and know kind of where to put you and position you to make sure that you're, you know, following the right track and doing the right things and being pushed by the right people, making the right connections. So there's there's a point where, yeah, I mean, you got to do the look. I mean, the skinny jeans, you're on your own, bro. I've never, ever worn. I've never owned. I've never <laughs> shopped for. I can't stand the look because, you know what it is? It's the, it's the people that have like the whole ass hanging out the back with the with the boxers and the fucking skinny jeans that look like your 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 jeans from when you were like a 12 year old and like i just i, I i've i never liked it i was like bro you ever have to get into a fist fight you can't kick worse shit you know what i mean like that's all i, I was thinking. like hey it looks stupid I, I never had the problem of the boxers hanging out because i got that what they call a no ass at all syndrome you know so, <laughs> so it all fit in there pretty easy for me you know but no man, I mean, but dude, I ever since I was a kid, I I grew up like looking in like Guitar Magazine and Rolling mm-hmm. Stone and and seeing people like Keith Richards and and Stephen yeah. Tyler, and Johnny Depp, and like how they. So I've always kind of bounced around with like what I'm wearing and 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 style and stuff like that. And here lately, I've been on this kick. I've been thinking a lot about my papaw who I lost last year, and uh. He he gave me one of the most solid pieces of advice when we was kids. One time he he handed a cigarette, or when I was a kid, he handed a cigarette over to me. We was about to go over the railroad tracks, and he sped up and he went over the railroad tracks real fast. And he looked over at me. He said, "The faster you go over it, the less you feel it." Mm. And dude, I have applied that to so many things in life. Just like with like having to break off a business deal or a relationship, or tell somebody some bad news or anything. It's like the faster you get it done, the less you're gonna feel it. You know, but going back i've been thinking about my papa a lot so like we did this photo shoot for the new record a couple weeks ago and uh i I try to like man like i'm just a good old boy hillbilly from kentucky but i but i also i I just love art man and i love Mm -hmm. like easter eggs and i love like just putting i'm saying like like i'm from california or some shit right now but um (laughs) i like to put just stuff into I thought into everything that I do, whether it's visually or or my music. And mm-hmm. so I decided a few days before or a, a couple weeks before my sh- uh, shoot that I, I wanted to kind of do a tribute to my, to my papa and the way that he dressed my whole life. Cause he was kind of a dapper guy, you know, like button downs and wife, wife pleasers underneath. Ah, I see what you did and there. The, uh, All right. I'd be a PC hillbilly <laughs> these days. Man. But no, he the the button downs and the white beaters and the and the slacks and you know either yeah. or cowboy boots or whatever. And so I I tried to I did this like tribute to him throughout this photo shoot and Fuck uh, yeah. And then when I did that, I was like, damn, I kind of like this shit. So then I've been wearing this stuff on stage here lately, man. And so it, that stuff kind of bounces around. But you know, I'm just. I, I posted one time on Facebook. I, I got a reminder of it here a few months back, and I thought it was funny. But sometime in like 2009 or 10, I posted on Facebook, I am who I am today. And if that changes tomorrow, then I'll be who I am tomorrow. You know? Yeah. And so, yeah, straight up, man. It's just whether anytime you run into me, here I am, you know? Yeah, man. That's it, dude. I run by the motto, and I have since I was a kid. I don't know where the fuck I heard it. 
but I run by the motto that what people think of me is none of my business. And dude, I've lived by that forever. I could give a flying fuck. Whatever you think about me, that's on you, bro. I'm not here to please you. I'm here to live my life to the best of my ability. If you don't like it, it's simple. Don't watch. And if you keep watching, you're not a hater. You're a fan. Just you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's, it's that simple, right? Like I'm going to continue to do things, right? That comes with a, a little bit of age too, man. Because it does. I, it does. I see myself giving a, a little less of a, of a fuck about those things just yeah. about every day these days you know and and uh and two like when you learn to like not be so critical of yourself like mm-hmm. I'm a good dude i take care i take care of my own i try to take good care of myself but i, I also like a little bit of nicotine every now and then. these things are the devil too man this ain't got a hook in me i, oh, I put yeah. this down about once every two weeks for three or four days and then i'll pick it back up but <laughs> you know I'm a good dude. I take care of my own. I take care. I try to take good care of myself for the most part. And so if I want to have a little bit of a drink or some nicotine or whatever, I'm learning to be less critical of myself these days and, and just like be me, man. And like, sometimes dudes having a hard day and he's got to have a cigarette. Sometimes dudes having a hard day and he's got to go run six miles, you know? Sure. But I think we get, we get tied up in these things. Like at the first of the year, I was on this big, uh, I'm I'm some kind of professional athlete bullshit. Like I'm gonna run ten miles a day and get in a in a cold ice bath every day for thirty days, and and I did it. And I like I I think things like that are important too. Like of course, sometimes you set you set these yearly goals for yourself. It's really cliche to do the New Year's thing, but I really love that time of year because you get. I think that lasts for about thirty days most for most people. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like you get 30 days to really test your willpower just to know what you're capable of, you know. And this mm-hmm. year I did 30 days where I hopped in ice water every day for 30 days. And one night I almost missed it and I was frantic. I got home from jujitsu at like 11.50. My, my thing was I had to be in there for minimum of three minutes for 30 days straight. And I got home at 11.56, jumped out of my truck, jumped into ice water, and freaking, I made it, you know? Yeah. But, you know, and then, I, I don't know. I just, people don't need to really beat themselves up. Just, like, look back on those times and know that you have the willpower to really do things. And if something is definitely, like, negatively affecting your life, then mm-hmm. use that willpower that you know that you have because you did it for the first 30 days of this year or last year or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Apply that towards whatever's negatively affecting your life and, and just try to do better, you know? It's like the cell phone bullshit, man. I I need to dig in and find that willpower for that because, like, we were talking about earlier before we started recording this, we don't talk enough about how that is a, that's a real problem, man, and it's like mm-hmm. it's affecting us as parents. It's affecting us as 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 spouses. It's affecting our kids. It's a it's a drug, man. It's dopamine spikes and and crashes, and the phones are it's a big deal, man. And like I I don't know enough about it to really get into it, but like I think that we do need to look at that a little more seriously than we do. A hundred percent, we do. Because I mean, I don't know if you've ever looked into uh, the TV, but if you look at the patent for the television, it's patented as a mind control device. Like, that's not any conspiracy theory shit. You could all go on Google right now, look up the television patent, and it will tell you exactly what it is, what it's designed for with the patent description. It's nothing nothing new. 
right? This is old, and it's it's that's why it's called the tell lie vision or the tell a vision. And then there's programming, right? They program you to think a certain way. Those who own the channels, like to channel something into existence, that's how they channel that into your mind. That's what, dude. There's there's I'm I'm a huge dude on like etymology and how language affects us and how they do. I'd fucking absolutely tear your mind apart with that shit. But uh, when it comes to the thing like the cell phone, right? You, you got to think about what that is. Like that's the all knowing, the all powerful. That is God for most people, right? Yeah. People don't know. People Same. don't know about you know faith and regardless whether you believe in you know Allah, God, the universe, whatever the fuck you you believe in. If you believe that there is something more, whatever it is that animates us and allows us to do you know move and sing and walk and dance and all that shit, you know we need to we need to get get more connected with the self and what prevents us from doing that is constantly having this fucking phone as an extension of self that we put more time into than we put into ourselves and dude and i don't mean to talk shit about him or anything i'm not because i tell him this to i tell him this to his face every day but my brother-in-law has a big problem with it man like you know constantly on the playstation constantly on everything but like you know haircut always looks absolutely like it looks like a bum right doesn't eat doesn't take care of himself barely showers like kind of just does what he does just to get home and play games and it's like guy like there's so much more to life than these fucking screens bro like you know you're 30 years old go go meet a girl like go start a family man because there's gonna be one day where you didn't take care of yourself and it's always, I don't know what it is about humans, bro. I really don't understand what it is, but it's like we, we for some reason, require the worst of the worst to happen to us before it means enough to us to act on it. And I don't know why we do this. I don't know why we don't. I'm all about prevent. Bro, I want to try to live forever. I want to see my grandkids' grandkids. You know what I mean? Like, I'm doing all the, the, the shit that's necessary, you know, hitting the gym and eating right and watching my water and, you know, making sure that I'm, you know, watching what I'm consuming, you know, mentally as well. Like what my eyes are picking up and all that and all that cancer shit comes from these phones, bro. Like you ever see how a kid is with the phone, like a little kid, they use it once, they use it twice. And then it's like, can you put the fucking thing down, please? Like yeah, I, I was very bro. adamant with my, I'm, and I still am very adamant with my wife because we got, we have a little like ipad ish thing for my daughter and and kudos to my wife because she's really been great about this um but when her mother when my mother-in-law got it for my daughter for christmas i was like look i would i would really like to just throw this thing in the trash right now sure i was like i was like just manage this right because i don't want to i don't want a fucking ipad kid you know mm -hmm. yeah man and what what she does is is like when she's eating she can watch a movie on her thing, right? You sure. know, but most of the time, you know, she's got to put up and daughter's playing with toys or playing with us. She's very like interactive with, with my wife and with me when I'm home and stuff. So kudos to Mandy for, for just being a fucking awesome mom, you know, Hell yeah, and, man, and managing that right. Um, hope she sees this so I can get some, kudos that's some brownie it, points <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah man no dude but but and and it's it's one of these things man i tell people like and again man i'm no fucking guru i'm no one to sit here and listen to but for those who care even little things like man when when you're going to take a shit just don't bring your phone use that time to think yeah. bro. like wh why do we always need to fill a void with something else 
Like people are so afraid and that's why people have all this anxiety and depression, anxiety. You take the word, right? Angst inside of me, angst, I, it, right? Yeah. Depression, depression, deep rest. Like you're not stimulated enough, bro. Like get out of your fucking, get out of this world and get back into your head, bro. Like nobody's ever with themselves long enough. So when they are, it's like, fuck, I got to fill this time with something. And they grab their phone and they're filling it with, you know, oh, a conservative leader says this about, you know, trans folks. And then the other guy will be like, oh, well, trans folks say this about conservative leader. And you're like, holy fuck. Like, dude, how about you just worry about what you have to do tomorrow? And how about people do this? How about all of you listening practice this one thing? How about instead of always figuring out how to serve yourself, how about instead of filling your mind with bullshit, you take that time out and figure out how you can serve others. Yeah. That's not yeah, big man, enough. You're, you're preaching to me too, man. I'll be I'll be the first one to admit that I'm like I I'm I'm in it right now. I'm in that struggle right now. Like my phone is when I have a spare moment, that thing's in front of my face, man. So sure. it, it's also something that's been like I've been becoming more increasingly aware of it. You know, and, you know, and kudos to my wife again. She'll call me out on my bullshit with it. But it's it's Good. a drug, man. And that's what I was saying, up and down, that dopamine spike, man, that crash, mm -hmm. dopamine spike, crash. You find something you really like. That's cool. That's funny. Oh, that sucks. That sucks. That sucks. Oh, that's cool. Or that's funny, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But, but dude, uh, like you were saying, like serving others, man, if you can figure, there's no joy. I Ever. don't believe there's no joy in the world like when you can do something for somebody else. And two, if you can do something for somebody else and keep it to your fucking self that you did. Bro, I was just about to mention that. And this is the first time I'm going to mention this on a podcast at all because we never fucking spoke about it. Me and my wife own a holistics company. Um, and also because, you know, I, I have a following, I have the ability to help a lot of people, man. I remember what it was like when we were losing our son and didn't have anything. And there was a few that came and didn't want any thank yous, you know, just to come and help us. So, you know, being grateful for that, I'm constantly trying to return the favor. And for Christmas last year, man, we helped four families who had absolutely fucking nothing. And I mean, gifts, dinner, school supplies, clothes, boots, all that shit. Nobody heard a fucking word about it. It's not something we post on social media. These aren't the things we do. Why? Because it's about the change that you can make without asking for some sort of a pat on the back. Like, I can't stand seeing these these videos. And I wrestle with myself with this one, bro. And I don't know how you feel about this. But when I see people online doing good shit for others, like, oh, I gave this dude, you know, 500 bucks or, you know, I took him grocery shopping, but you recorded it. There's a part in me that's like, all right, you did something good. But why the camera? Yeah, yeah, dude. Like, why, why roll up on some homeless dude laying on a vent for heat and show that you went and bought him a freaking hotel room or some shit? You know, it's like, like, dude, like, I appreciate what you did, mm -hmm. but what was your reasoning behind it? And okay, cool. Like, it's it's cool to to if you've done a lot of these things or you have a foundation, right? That's that's helping people out, like. Spread the word that you've done these things from time to time to to maybe provoke other people to do something similar sure. or, let, or let them know that there's a foundation out there that they can contribute to that will do these things, right? But it's like the all these videos that go viral of like of people, dude, th that's it. All these videos of people doing this shit for homeless people and, and people that need help. 
that go viral. It's just because you get to live vicariously through watching the video because that dopamine spike is you could just go out there and do that shit. You know, you can buy somebody a fucking sandwich for just a couple of dollars. You can buy somebody a a sandwich and feel way better than the dopamine spike of seeing somebody else buy a sandwich. Yeah. 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 But we live in this world, right? Where the, the, the internet is supposed to dictate everything to you. It's you, you, you're not responsible for your own actions now, as long as you can, you know, pretend on social media or live through someone else, dude, you're absolutely right, man. And, um, so I actually just wanted to ask you a little bit about that, uh, the ice bath, and then we'll kind of, I got one more question for you and then I'll let you go. What did you, uh, what did you think about it? The ice bath, man, there's a reason why it's cliche and why it's trendy right now. It's because it works, man. Like honest Mm. to God, I haven't been in it for a while, so I, I don't want to be a poser right now. But anybody who followed me at the beginning of the year, you know I got in that thing every day for 30 days because I posted it every single day because I promised people I would do it. And what the reason I continued to post it is because there was other people who joined the challenge with me, and I wanted to let them know that I wasn't slacking on them, that if I ask you to do it with me, I'm going to do it with you, you know. And there's things that I felt in that, just like with DB – a couple of weeks ago, he had started smoking these things, but he was only three days in. And I was like, man, if you quit next Wednesday, I'll quit too. And then he quit. And I was like, but I pushed out, you know, I pushed out. But so I fell from time to time. But the ice bass, man, it, honest to God, it's so hard to, to do that. It's so hard to get up and first thing in the morning, or right before you go to bed to get all warm and comfortable, go climbing 40 degree water for three to five minutes, right? It's hard to do that. So if you could do it, I think in the morning is the best. Cause if you can get in there when you first wake up and make yourself sit in cold ass water for five minutes, all the other little shit that comes at you during the day just seems a little more trivial, right? Like it's, it's just a little less important. Or it's mm-hmm. like, hey, I can deal with this because I forced myself to, you know, I don't want to say suffer for three to five minutes because it's not really suffering, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's hard, man. Yeah. But I deal, you know, I, I deal with a, a a certain level of anxiety or depression or whatever the hell it is. But those 30 days, man, I felt pretty solid. And I, like I seen, I seen improvements in my relationship with my wife. I seen improved mm. my relationship with myself. I seen physical improvements. Like it's supposed to help uh burn uh or turn white fat cells into brown fat cells or something. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not a scientist, but which brown fat cells just are burn a little more efficiently, I guess. So I seen I seen a good weight loss from it. But more than anything, I just a lot of mental clarity and I'm I did it more than 30 days. I just did 30 days straight. Uh, But there was, you know, there were a few days off here and there before that and after that. Um, But I was coming off of Adderall for a year and a half. And uh, I don't know if you've seen a video I put out called The Mountain, but there's a video on my reels you could go back and look at. It's me sitting at like a wooden table that I think we called the video The Mountain. And it was just me being really honest about, my struggle with Adderall over the last year and a half and but I quit in December and I used ice baths to really kind of help mm. me get that 
you know, I've never been through all the drugs I've done in my life. I've never been the guy that really has hard uh, detox. Like I, I don't have the like laying in a bed, cold sweats and stuff, but I've definitely mentally affected. Like I, 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 I'll deal with like when I'm, when I've been on a, on a bender or something with whatever it is, I'll deal with some depression and, you know, stuff like that. Sure. Sure. And it truly like, it's not bullshit. It, it just, if, if I could just sum it up real short, I would just say it's not bullshit. It'll help you. And I think it helps with way more things than maybe I even know. I, I just think it's a really great thing to do. If, especially if you have anxiety, depression, if your back sore all the damn time, just, go climbing some cold water for three minutes a day. And, and I really think you'll, you'll benefit from it. Hell yeah, man. And, uh, I don't know if many people actually pay attention to what anybody types on their fucking Instagram bios at all, but I have a quote there that's been there for years now and it's presence during pain. And what you're, you're talking about right now is putting yourself through a fucking painful situation. Your body, your body doesn't want you in there. It's just you ain't thinking about shit other than being in that water. Yeah. Breathe, motherfucker, breathe, right? <laughs> like focus on your breath. But the, the, the presence during pain motto is, is so fucking crucial for society. Everybody tries to avoid pain. All of the lessons that you're going to learn in your life comes from hard shit. It does not come from your comfort zone. It does not come from you sitting there, you know, with the I don't want to. Everything that you don't want to do, go do it. Why? Because on the other side of you fucking conquering it, and that's what it's about. What you're talking about is start your day fucking doing something you didn't want to do. I beat this. I conquered it. The rest of the day is mine. I've already conquered the hardest part. I conquered myself. And dude, it's so stupid. Like I know everything you're saying right now, but there's times like even like right now, I'm not like I'm not a hundred percent in my grind like like I have been at times in in the past. But I know that it it truly helps me to be that way. And it's so stupid that you can do these things and know that it helps you. And your life is so much better when you're doing them, when you're when you're climbing in cold water, when you're working out every day, when you're eating better, when you're running six miles a day or one mile a day or whatever. Your life is so much better. But there's some little bastard in your head that talks you out. <laughs> of. It's so dumb, man. I don't get it. And like, you know, like I said, I'll, I'll be real. Like I'm I'm not on top of my game right now. I'm I'm kind of floating somewhere in the middle, but I'm. I'm also like, I'm trying to figure out a little bit of balance with like trying to be, do the things that I enjoy doing and, but also take care of myself, but also be a little a bit of a loose cannon because I just enjoy being a little bit of a loose cannon, you know, That's but, it, yeah. but it's just silly to me how, you know, just looking at myself, how I know there are things that I can do that take maybe an hour and a half total out of my freaking day that make my life so much better but for some reason i can't fucking do it i don't know it's the the human condition man we're all flawed we all know what we should do but i mean dude our our world has been designed around convenience man like it's hard when you have these conveniences like if you had to go to get your nicotine from down the fucking hill behind you you know half a mile and you could only walk to it you never use nicotine, oh, right? God. You know what I mean? Oh. Because there's there's a challenge in front of it, but you can buy this little thing that all you got to do is just push button and hit it, and there's your fix. Like, but that's hey, the while world, I'm right? getting some gas, I'll run in here and get me some drugs. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's it's so easy, it's so stupid, man. 
but that's that's just that's kind of you know what what society has come to and dude there's a lot of great conveniences man like like just for you to have the ability to have this tub with cold water out front of your house right like you got to look at it that's that's quote unquote technology right like and the yeah. fact that you know the effects on you know the physical self but i also want to and again this isn't me fucking preaching like a guru i hate when i sound like this because i sound like a fucking idiot um but like when when people go and conquer the self, dude, like I don't think people understand the value of that shit. You know what I mean? Like conquering you is going to be the biggest part of your life. And and that's not me saying, oh, you're going to be successful at business. No, no, you're going to be successful at you. And that's where it all starts, because even though you know that, OK, I'm a better man, I'm a better father, I'm a better this. But at the end of the day, man, you're not always going to have cold water. So how do we know that that's not just teaching us? who we can be and then give you that to strive for without your cold plunge. Right. Yeah. Like it's just, it's giving you an inner knowing of, of who LV is and, and saying, all right, well I can be that guy. Like I don't need a fucking cold plunge. Like I'm genuinely, I like being this guy. So fucking be that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. It's just like, it's just like the drugs, like Adderall, all that stuff just affects the chemistry that's already inside of your brain and everything. Mm -hmm. And, releases dopamine or whatever that's already there like if you can figure out how to access those things and do the things like it's already all all there so yeah just finding it man but also i think too our ideas of success are so much different right so it's sure. like yeah find out what your standards are man like if if you want to be the dude that just if you love going to the bar every night and drinking and eating a freaking steak for dinner and whatever. Like if that's what, if you're happy, if you're truly yeah. happy, like in your heart of hearts, being that guy, be that guy. But yeah. if, if there's something weighing on you, that's like, man, I really want to lose some weight or man, I really want to be stronger or man, I really want to quit cussing or whatever the hell it might be. Then just be that guy. And like, I feel like, you know, I'm kind of, I'm definitely on that journey right now. Just trying to, I think there's, there's some people that are super blessed with like early on knowing what they want out of life and who they want to be. And I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm not that guy. I'm, I'm still, I'm always Same. trying to figure it out, you know? So, Same. but yeah, dude, I'm, I'm definitely, I, I, I'm glad to hear you say things you're saying just because there's, you know, it's, it's making me like really look at some stuff that, I've been kind of teetering on and be like, yeah, all right, that's bullshit. Oh, that's good. You know, that's bad. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, I'm, a, I'm honestly a firm believer that, uh, you know, whatever it is that's out there, the higher power is always going to put people into your path that you're meant to meet at a certain point in life, regardless whether it's, you know, to either elevate you or some people are there to kind of show you what not to do. But then sometimes you just, you know, you're meant to sit down and have a conversation with somebody that inspires you to do things. And like I say, man, when I listened to my boy for the first time, it was like, bro, I was like in fucking tears because it brings me back to a time where I, I was fucking hurting, bro. Like you just lost a son. And I hear this man talking about a, a son that ain't his. And I kind of feel that because he's he's not here. Right. So I kind of it's like this weird, you know, kind of dynamic. But 
that that's exactly what we're speaking of, right? Is to to, to kind of live your life and 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 you know organically allow these people to kind of come in and and take the signs, take the messages, bro. Like, dude, life is fucking beautiful. I don't know why everyone's so fucking miserable all the time. <laughs> because I it genuinely really love life, man. Life is amazing, dude. Like. And the, the simple little things, man, sometimes I sit back and I have a cigar like I'm, I'm about to go to fucking Mexico to some, you know, four or five star resort, whatever the fuck for a week with my kids first vacation. Dude, I couldn't be more happy. Not for the vacation, bro, to see my kids face when they get to that resort and their like mind is just blown. So wait, dad, you're telling me we can swim all week. Yes, kids all week. <laughs> you don't have to make a bed. None of that. Right. Like you just be kids. But dude, regardless of like, regardless of going to Mexico, regardless of being a, a musician for a living or whatever, like I seen something really cool the other day and you might've seen it as well, but the internet, social media is good every now and then. Right. So, Hell yeah. so like if, if I told you I was going to give you a million dollars, you'd be, you'd be like, hell yeah, I want that million dollars. Right. You know, if I was just going to give it to you, you'd have a million dollars. Sure. So if I tell you, hey, I'm gonna give you ten million dollars, be like, hell yeah, I'll take it. No, no strings attached, right? Ten sure. million dollars. Sure. All right. So, but then I I tell you, I'm gonna give you ten million dollars, but you, but you can't wake up tomorrow. Mm. You still want that ten million dollars? Now you keep your money. So what you're saying is that waking up every day is worth more than ten million dollars? Fuck yeah! I seen that video the other day. On Instagram or something, and I was like, "Damn right, you Bro. know." So, regardless of going to Mexico or or whatever lavish life you that some people live, like you know, me being able to sing songs for a living, you know, mm -hmm. just if you if you don't have that life or that life, sure. but you can wake up tomorrow, you know, especially as a parent. Or uh, you know, or not not especially. Just if you get to wake up tomorrow, yeah, man. I think everyone in the world would answer that question the same way, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take I'll take tomorrow over ten million dollars. I'll take tomorrow over a hundred billion dollars, bro. I'll in take I'll take tomorrow over fucking anything for two reasons. I'll give you my two reasons. One, you never seen a fucking a bank or all your money or a U-Haul behind a hearse. Can't take that shit with you. <laughs> when you're, when you're dead, it's all gone. Ain't no truck following you with all your possessions. You're dead. Motherfucker. Like all this money that you live for. And for two, when I was in the hospital, my son taught me a real good lesson because he wasn't in his own room. There's like, you know, a NICU, there's a bunch of, you know, kids with the same conditions in there. And, uh, you know, you get to walk through these floors and as you're walking through, you know, you kind of get to talking to people and other parents. And I start seeing these people who have, you know, children who and, and children do it. It fucking destroys me to, to see this, but it was a good wake up call to see that there's kids there that wish they could just step out of that bed and they'll never be able to just just to get out there, take one step. And here I am bitching about, oh, I got to go to work in the morning. Motherfucker. You woke up, you took a deep breath, you're awake, your kids are sleeping in the other room. That's why I wake up every morning, I'm yawning, and I'm like, oh, grateful, right? Like, and that's how I start my day every day. And honestly, my life has been going way better since, and this is years now. But it's, it's that gratitude mindset, man, of just 
guy, your purpose is the fact that you're here. If you didn't have a purpose here, if there was nothing left for you, you'd be gone. The universe makes no mistakes. You know, whether you call it God, the universe, whatever, there is no mistakes. There's yeah. if, it, if you're not meant to be here, you won't be. If you're still here, bro, there's something for you. And it's your duty to find that shit and make sure that you can go live it. Like right now, man, for me to be speaking to somebody who's upcoming country music star, you just won like an award for best new upcoming artist or something, right? I got That's nominated. But that nominated. Shit, that shit went to somebody else, dog. Okay, but e either way. So somebody who's been nominated for an award of such in, yeah. in such a big position and you're sitting here talking to, you could be talking to any country musician you want you could be too snobby to do this podcast with me you you could be you know just just a royal fucking asshole you could be you know what i mean but you're sitting here with me and we're not talking about oh well my career is this big fancy i fly on these planes bro we're talking like two dudes about problems in the world you know being fathers and bit like this this is what i'm saying man like you could be that snobby piece of shit that i avoid you could have been that. If we started talking before this pod for five minutes, I would have been like, nah, man, delete. Like, I'm good. If, <laughs> if, if he was going to be this, like, you know, but it it just turns out that, like, man, you're so comfortable sitting here, even though your career is really taking off and you're still as, you know, just, just a humble, like, yeah, man, I'm enjoying the journey. Like, I just, you know, I want to spend more time with my kids instead of like, yeah, I got to be on the road. I got to be making it happen. You're like, no, no, hold on. There's more things that are more important. Like, my family needs me. You know what I mean? Like, Dude, you're. This is definitely what you're fucking meant to do. You know what I mean? And I think that's why you're so comfortable along the path. Yeah, man. It's like last year I made, I I made more money than I than I ever imagined making in my entire life. And fuck yeah, man. Good for you. Well, well, I say that though to say that like. I bought some shit that I thought I always wanted in my life. And now I look at it and it disgusts me. And I just wish that I had those days with my, that my daughter that I seen on FaceTime. Yeah. It's like, I think we, you never know till you, till you get it right. And it's probably easy for some people to like, be like, Oh, well, it's easy to say that, that you, since you, you know, you had, it. and dude, like I wasn't rolling in it or nothing, but I, I made enough to buy my, myself a cool old car that I wanted, you know, that sure. I wanted in my life. And like, I like to drive the car. But it sits in my fucking garage all the time. And I watch mm -hmm. my daughter grow up on FaceTime. Would I have took those days with my daughter over having that car now? Fuck yes, I would have, you know? Yeah, man. Because, like, what if? What if during that time? And obviously the time's already passed, so we're not wishing anything ill on anybody. But what would have happened if, you know, something had happened to you? And, you know, you were doing that FaceTime thing and, like, it's been six months. You know, you didn't get a chance to, like, physically hold, you know, your daughter and then something happened to you, like, bro, that would destroy me way more than if I had absolutely nothing, but I spent every fucking day with my kids, you know, being the dad I was supposed to be. And then I passed and it was my time. I could pass with a smile saying, hey, bro, like, I was the best man I could be, right? Because when you look at possessions, right, what's the main word in possession? Possess. That's what it does. It possesses you into thinking you want this shit. It's, it's a fucking spell, dude. That's why when you speak, it's called spelling, right? You write in cursive. Right. You literally writing out and spelling and speaking in the language of the life you live. So like all your possessions. Right. It's like it's nothing compared to like the gift that you've given to this little girl by being her dad. That's that's worth way fucking more than any car you could buy. Sure, you can enjoy it. 
But I'm starting to really notice that, like, dude, you're just not a greedy dude. You're a fucking country ass dude. <laughs> when I saw you the other day, like, new upcoming artist, and this guy's out with a bunch of absolute hillbillies fixing a fucking truck, dude. That was like the most wholesome watch I've had in a while. Because it was Bro. like, dude, you don't see that shit. Dude, I I just went to L.A. a few weeks ago for uh for this music award thing, and we did this red carpet, and I. <laughs> I felt so weird there, dude. I had a T-shirt on. I had a Troco T-shirt on. It said a black T-shirt and big, bold, white letters. said support blue collar. And I had my hat on with my logo on the front of it, on the red carpet, right? Just a pair of jeans and some work boots. <laughs> <laughs> There's all these people in these crazy-ass dresses and these crazy suits, freaking out of this world shit. And I was just like, God dang, man, what world am I in right now? It's so weird, dude. I am. I'm just a man. Fuck, man. I'm just. A, I'm just a dude, man. And the thing about it is, is all those other people are just dudes, and they're just chicks, and they're just on a freaking piece of carpet with a barrier of fucking rope between them and other real people, you know. And that's what drives me nuts, man. Like, I I try every show I play. Unless I'm opening for another artist and they're going on stage directly after me because I feel like it's disrespectful to go out by my merch booth or, and meet people while other people are playing, right? Sure. Because if there's five people that get distracted from this show to come say hello to me, that's potentially 15 people that could show up at the next show for that other artist, right? Because sure. they tell two people a piece about, you know, about this guy and they go back and see him next time. But I sit in line after my show in Louisville, we played for like 15,000 people or something. And I sit out there and shook everybody's hand. I'm, I'm tapping myself on the back, but I just want, I just want people to know that like, I seen a video of Johnny Cash doing this shit when he was 50 something years old. So if Johnny Cash can stand at the end of his show and shake everybody's hand that was there. Then my ass can too, you know? Oh, yeah, man. And it's like, that day that I was working on the trucks with my brother and my dad, man, I hadn't done that in so long. And I, I I hadn't felt like, like truly felt like me that much in so long. And that was, it was so badass to just sit out there and cuss with my, cuss at my dad and my brother and yell and shit and throw wrenches. I accidentally hit my dad with something. I, <laughs> I hit my dad with this, like a guide rod or some shit. And I turned around and he was just chucking a wrench at me. I was like, <laughs> I remember this, <laughs> but man, I dude, I just, if anything, man, forgotten man is the newest song out. Uh, shameless plug here. But if you listen to it, I mean it. I just, I want people to know I'm just, fuck all the, the spotlight and the fame and all that. Like if it comes, then it's going to come because I am who I am. And if it don't, then I'm going to be who I am anyway. And straight. Yeah. You know, so this is it. Well, in, in, uh, in closing, bro, I just, uh, I ask every guest, you know, a very similar question. And uh, I'll ask you the same. If there's one thing that you could tell people that would help them fundamentally change the world, what would it be? What's that one thing you would tell them to do that would just change the world around them for the better? Dude, I think it's easy. It's just we, we've already talked about it. I think it's just be nice. 
you know, like mm. just, try, just try to be kind. One, I'll give an example. And um, so I'm at the gym one day in uh, in Nashville, and I'm in the locker room, and there's this guy sitting there on the bench getting his stuff together. And I got my stuff together. I, I just got out of the shower and I'm walking out and I just looked at him and I, I you know, I smiled or I, you know, I just, I, I just grinned at him and said, you know, have a nice day. And then like a few weeks later, I'm working out. I'm looking in the mirror and I see this dude back here behind me. He keeps eyeballing me. And I was like, who's this dude back here looking at me? You know, I was like, what, what the hell? It's just, it's getting weird. Well, finally, now he's coming and walking towards me. And I was just like, I don't know this guy. He's got something to say. You know, this was b- before my boy was out or anything. So it was like, nobody knew who I was at all. You know, and he comes up and he's like, hey, man, can I talk to you for a second? I was like, sure. I was like, what's up? He said, so uh, a few weeks back, uh, I seen you in the locker room and I was sitting in there. I was out here working out and I, I quit my workout and I decided I was going to go home and end my life. And, uh, dude, I'll get, yeah, I know I'll get, I get a little tore up telling this story, but, um, he said, you smiled at me. And he said, when you smiled at me, I was loading my bag and I was about to go home and I was about to end my life. And, and he said, somebody was nice enough that they cared to just smile at me today. And it gave me enough hope to think that, there, there's a little bit of good in the world, you know? So, like, the thing is, like, you never know whose life you're affecting, right? Like, right. this person could grow up, like, this person could be the fucking president of the United States one day. You know, you never know who you're affecting. So, it's like, just just try to be kind, man. Like, and I have my downfall. Like, I have my moments. Sure. I'll flip somebody off if they cut me off, you know? Sure. <laughs> but, I try not to do that as much anymore because fuckers is crazy. They'll shoot you. But uh, <laughs> but but you never know whose life you're affecting and how much you can affect it with the smallest gesture. So just yeah, nice man. You can change the world just by just by fucking being cool and being Fuck cool. Yeah. Just means being good, man. You everybody's got this messed up idea of what what cool is these days. I think being cool is just be good, man. That's it, man. And, uh, dude, I, um, I can't thank you enough for, uh, you know, taking the time out to come on to, uh, you know, my little podcast It's growing and all that. But, uh, again, I want those people who add value. And, uh, I'll tell you right now, man, after this conversation, dude, you got a, you got a fan for life, dude. I'll, uh, I'll be supporting LV Shane till the fucking cows come home, dude. So everybody, LV Shane. Being real, bro. Thank you guys for, uh, for tuning in. If you're still here with us, thank you so much. I appreciate you.